This is First Curious, the podcast of new poetry reviews. I'm Benjamin Landry. Taken down from the bookshelf today is Trace by Brenda Cardenas, published by Red Hen Press in April 2023. Welcome to the Museum of the Self. Here in Brenda Cardenas's collection, we find dioramas of landscape, human form, and gesture. Here we discover Cornell boxes vivified, beating hearts and wings. Here we find terror-like sketches of celebratory skeletal Mexican semi-deities, and the placards are multilingual. But the Museum of the Self is not just a collection of exhibits. It is also a science museum, and in the next hall you can run experiments, build worlds underwater, add water to corn flour, and roll it in your palms, flatten it into galaxy disks. Did I mention that the Museum of the Self has walls that fall away? Beyond it, the earth beckons back, the leaves of grass waving in familiarity. Here, one cannot help rejoicing in activism. The poems in Trace are, above all, active. Catch and Release is a typical example, with the drift of the boat in the ceaseless lap of water serving as the setting for the jewel of crucial action, the landing of the fish. Bucktail pitch and dance, thrash and switch, Surface, twitcher, cast, shimmy, jerk and reel, slip, spot, snag and tug, reel, 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 heave. Then once the hook is removed, flush the gills with lake, follow scales until they flicker. Here, extra taps of the space bar dramatize the jagged rhythm of catch and release, which anglers come to relish as a sort of improvised dance of human and animal, Muscle, intention, subtlety, feather, metal, light, water, and air. Several of the poems in Trace are explicit or implicit ofrendas. Poems which in the hands of other poets might come across as static elegies are, in Cardenas's capable hands, improvised rituals of acknowledgement for the departed. The poems engage with spirit, move alongside it. The ofrenda for Cardenas's deceased brother Daniel who died in 2019 at the age of 53, begins, As if laying a new braid of sweet grass in your birch bark basket, as if dusting off your picture when the sun streams past your eyes, as if rattling the baby gourd maracas surrounding you, as if whistling blackbirds softly in the dead of night. One feels the ineluctable augmenting power of these anaphoric couplets, Gardinus draws upon the incantatory might of paired sounds, rooted in the ancient tradition of accentual alliterative verse. The poem zooms between the past and the present, and in collapsing time, convinces us of the presence of the dead and our continually evolving relationship with them. The poem concludes, As if sliding the silken braid of your hair through my fingers, as if sounding your name, as if you never left. The braid, a vestige of the child Daniel's hair, returns us to the poem's initial braided sweetgrass offering. Rather than serving as a static bookend, this ritual object, in combination with the suggestive imbalance of the as-if syntactical structure, convinces us that we are still at the start of something. Though departed, the dead are not inaccessible, and while they cannot exactly be called forth, they can be called upon. Many of the poems in Trace are ekphrastic, 
responding to works of art by predominantly Latinx artists. Cardenas is especially drawn to the Cuban artist Ana Mendieta, who lived and worked in the United States and produced striking conceptual work in the 70s and 80s. Mendieta imprinted casts or shadows of her body in a variety of landforms and photographically documented their reclamation by the earth, an expression of her sense of homelessness. And so in one poem, after Mendieta's untitled Silhouette series 1980, Our Lady of Sorrows has appeared to the mountain dwellers, her grief engraved where stone softens to clay. Keep your eyes sharp for a dagger. In its hilt you'll find her face, pressed to the earth's cheek. Kiss this sacred spot before the rains wash it away. Cardenas sees a ritualistic connection to Mendieta's incorporation of ash, blood, seed, soil, and words in her process. These poems do what good ekphrastic poems must, go beyond description to become generative. Another poem, Inverse, begins as a meditation on Amy Cropper's Inverse, which saw Cropper strip a series of small trees of their bark and paint each resulting skeleton a bright primary color. Gardenas is captivated by these traces of nature abstracted. All year long, she writes, naked boughs glistened like a flock of bloody wings. She continues, but when May pushes green through cracked wood, blossoms bursting from a torch of lacquered limbs, I wait for Anna Mendieta to step out of the knotted wood, trunk simmering, arms raised in the V of free fall to our knees broken stems regenerating. Mendieta's generative impulse is given the final word in this dramatized intellectual conversation. The performative dimension of conceptual art fuels Gardenas's social justice endeavors, as she makes clear in Ars Resistencia, her response to the art of El Anatsui and the Border Arts Workshop. Storm tomato fields, she writes, spitting fricatives, snapping toxic vines, slingshot plosives at orange groves, dropping citrus into the blistered hands reaching to picket, up the anti, plant your syllables on picket lines, pace, plant yourselves in public space, refuse to flinch, plant feet so firm will takes root, plant will so wide ears sprout ancestral maize. The combination of earnest subject matter and punning line breaks recalls the poetry of Kevin Young. In honoring labor, Gardenas's work reminds me of Philip Levine. In connecting that labor to ancestral strength, Gardenas's work is all her own. In other poems, Gardenas channels her activism into resisting fossil fuel drilling, highlighting the sickening omnipresence of plastics in our lives, and in one particularly affecting poem, honoring Oscar Alberto Martinez Ramirez and his young daughter Valeria, who died seeking opportunity in crossing the Rio Grande. Ixchel's waning crescent finds them first, face down in the mud, wrapped together in the black shroud of Papi's shirt, and from her great jug holding all the waters of heaven, she spills storms to wash away the lines we've built in the chain link, barbed wire, concrete, and steel between desert and desert, river and river, earth and earth, between father and mother, mother and child under one moon. Other poems in Trace 
are narrative and autobiographical, and they are most compelling when they draw upon Cardenas' awareness of technique and experimental impulse. Take this section of the poem, Laughing With You, for René, and listen for the crossing pattern of sounds called chiasmus at the end of the section. Laughing with you turns me into trapeze artist, contortionist, upside down, inside out, racked with sweet pain, sweat, snot, tears, it picks all the locks, breaks the chains. The crossing pattern, pain and chains crossed with snot and locks, embodies the paroxysms of uncontrollable laughter, such that in the manner of successful poetry, content and form behave symbiotically. There are too many standout poems in Trace to excerpt here. In Keys, the speaker muses on inheriting a mess of keys from an aunt and uncle. From this humble beginning, the poem becomes a powerful exploration of the notions of cultural transmission and caretaking. The poem, in veiled voices, after the glass artist Harvey K. Littleton's Conical Intersection, 1985, is a tour de force in synesthesia, as the small, multicolored glass object becomes a vast landform in which shades of color progression register as echoes. Why do we need this poetry now? Brenda Cardenas's inventive poems embody a deep humanity and humility. In paying close attention to her personal and cultural touchstones, she invites us to do the same. And above all, she validates the verb, honors the imperative to move and evolve, a lesson that we could all appreciate in this time of fear and regressive foot-dragging. While trepidation momentarily prevails, it will not always be thus. We have our personal relationship with the earth, which we can strengthen, and we can call on those who have gone before us for help. That's it for this episode of First Curious. Much gratitude to Deborah Sedell for our theme music, with production assistance from Ryan Miller. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, and consider donating via the button on the Verse Curious Red Circle homepage with my thanks in advance. See you next time.